Speak to meat eaters the way you would speak to a wild animal, softly and without any sudden movements. Hello and welcome to episode 257 of Under the Cowl of MS. This will be a normal Tuesday episode, a little bit of comics, a little bit of multiple sclerosis or health stuff, and a little bit of whatever. But today we're going to start out with comics, and we're starting out with Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood, number two. Again, like the first one, it's got three individual stories in here. They were very interesting, enjoyable. I can't really give the stories away. First one's called Purple Craze. Second one's called Deadpool Party. And the third one's called Pool, Pool of Death, which if you listen to our Crimson Color Comic Club episode from Saturday, you will hear someone's review about this and how excited they were. To get the third story in here done by Daniel Warren Johnson. So, but yeah, this is still going great. I enjoy the way they did it again. And the first storyline has Daredevil included in it. So that's a nice little addition. But the artwork is still laid out nicely with the red colors and how they're putting it in here. Uh, Let's see, the second story had Gambit in it. Which is a fun character. You don't see too often anymore. I enjoy seeing what, what he pulls off. In the third one, we get little appearances. Well, no, that's in the second one still, but you get little uh, visuals of Wolverine and Hulk in there also, and Cabal. You get a variety of characters throughout these stories, which is nice, but I like how the third one's based with the artist included in the storyline. It's just, it's hard to say much because you give them away because they're Three stories put into a one-story size book, so it's a, and usually the one-story size book, comic book, they don't even finish the story, so it's awesome to have three nice, complete stories. I always love these little short story compilations, but yeah, that's Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood, number two, still doing great. Now we checked out Geiger, number six. Uh... Way thicker than the other ones. This is a a bigger issue, which was a surprise to me because I didn't know that it it was coming like that. So that was a bonus. Uh, We get to go back in, kind of go back in time, check it out, some things with Vietnam. Uh, We get to see some more with the evil little psycho King of Vegas character. Uh, and what's going on with him. The kids... Well, we found out in the last issue about the boy having, uh, I believe it's leukemia, 
but the girl breaks out the boy and the guy or character, they all break out of this encampment they're in. And while they do, tons of stuff happens. And I'm not going to give any of that away, but we get a lot of big events in here. This is a very, very interesting point in this storyline. And we kind of, it kind of lays itself out that this is like an end point at, of the storyline. And it looks like we're going to see a variety of other characters introduced that might have their own stories bouncing off this. And we're going to end up seeing a whole world based around this Geiger character. I believe because we upcoming, which I, if, if you listen to any of my previews of upcoming goodies for comic book related items, uh, we recently talked about the Geiger 80 page giant that's coming out and that's going to have it a whole new storyline or a whole whole separate new stories in there and it's going to talk I think about a variety of characters I'm guessing that we're going to be introduced to that's going to make the story and the world of Geiger go on and on beyond this which is fine with me because I really like this character I and I'm enjoying what they're doing with it. And I'll I'll stick around for it. I don't know if I'll jump off with all the off runs or whatever they do. We'll see because you get pretty costly when you get into the bigger groupings. That's why I'd be happy with just leaving it be Geiger and just add everything into it. Be smart like Spawn was in the earlier days. But now Spawn's exploding, so... I'm loving where that's going, but also, but it's just, it's, I know that it's getting to a point already where they're starting to have too many side stories that I want to keep following because I want to know what's all going on at the moment of everything else. And I don't want to sit there and just be on one and then eventually get, go back and get the other things, but. Or if I was smart, I'd just wait till the Omnibus came out. But these damn stories lately are so damn enjoyable, I don't want to wait. <laughs> so, uh, we checked out. I heard people talking about it and stuff, and I haven't watched the animated series, which I believe is on HBO. But could be on Disney Plus, but I think it's HBO. But I decided to pick up uh, the first issue of Harley Quinn, the animated series, the Eat, Bang, Kill Tour. Uh, so you check out the love story that's going on between Harley and Ivy. Two of my favorite feet. Well, they are my two favorite DC Comics female characters. It's a uh, I had to see what they were up to, and this is um, basically if you watch the animated series, apparently this 
runs right off of it. And this is right after Ivy's wedding got busted up by Harley and the cops and everything that's going on. And it just keeps going from there. And this is a lot of fun. I'm really glad I did pick this up. I don't know if I'll stay at get a get more of them right off the bat, or if I'll just wait till it's done and it trades out or whatever. Because this isn't one that I I doubt if I'll be seeing any covers that are gonna really pull me in or anything. So I'll probably just wait for the trade paperback for it. But I'm happy I checked out the first episode just to see how how it was, whether or not I'd like it or not. But you put Harley and Ivy together. I'm going to probably like it, no matter what. <laughs> now this one. I heard Tim Seeley and some podcasters talking and about Money Shot number four, issue 14 coming out and basically being like the start of another storyline off it on the series. So it would be a great fresh start for someone to check into. Let's see on the back page here, it says money shot. The triple explorers need to rescue two of their own from a planet of human hunters. And that means teaming up with the makers of triple explorers, triple X parody and triple X, triple X, triple X, triple X explorers. Yeah, we know it's a lot of X's, but hey, maybe that'll sell some comics. <laughs> uh, I believe they were talking how this would be a good jump on point. But yeah, I can see it being okay for a jump on point. But I'm looking at this, reading this comic, definitely wanting a little more background <laughs> story from it. So I... Should have looked into it further, but there's some very interesting alien-type characters throughout this. Some alienistic creatures that are highly sexual. <laughs> uh, some unique things happen. There's... Looks like some... Porn movie making that has been going on, and some very interesting devices that they used for pleasure on those sets. <laughs> I don't really want to say all the things in the book and give it away, but yeah, you get a variety of interesting aliens, uh, lots of sexual references and items and porn parody type things going on in here and lots of things. these alien creatures that are introduced in this one are whew, yeah very strange looking <laughs> the graphics were 
a little odd trying to figure out their what type of creatures they were and stuff because they got like they're a combination of different things but yeah it's i'll have to get a few back issues and be smarter off just checking out issue one after seeing this because this does leave at least for me it left me wanting more from previous so i could understand more of what was going on but it's definitely interesting and keep you uh, guessing of what's going on and what's coming up next. But uh, it's Tim Seeley, so it's always enjoyable. <laughs> Everything he does. So and there's it's not just him. You got Seeley, you got Beatty, you got Lane, Russell, and Crank all involved in this. So you got a good variety of. But good variety of characters working on this. And the Money Shot logo says their mission. Seek out new worlds. Discover new. Uh, it's cut off. New lifestyles, maybe. <laughs> and then the last one here is from the books of Ascani. I checked out X-Men Phoenix. It's a three-issue run. Apparently, this Phoenix character is the daughter of... Uh, is it Jean Grey and uh, Cyclops? Uh, names just... Had them in my head when I started the pod, and now it all just... <laughs> Went right out the shitter. But yeah, it's one of their their the X-Men couple's daughter. Uh she's trying to go after Apocalypse, take him out. She it seems like this is she's learning her powers still here. Her powers with the Phoenix Force or Whatever it is, the fiery phoenix ability that the alien that absorbed into her body because she has like a body, some type of structure in her body that uh, draws it to her. And there's another character in here trying to take her power, wants her power. She can like absorb powers of any, anybody she kills but she can only use one power at a, one character's ability at a time thankfully so she can't just go all berserker with a bunch of different things uh the phoenix character joins up with some other interesting characters like a monk a monk type entities trying to get her attention explain things to her and show her some stuff to, so she goes on the right path. They run into this little alien dude that can basically fix anything. He's like a little mechanic type character. He was a lot of fun. Uh, throughout this and we're dealing with uh 
a, a group of higher power individuals like uh just i can think of solo things today but i can't think of combination things oh hey we got a telemarker we were hoping for this oh, oh, this is a call i need so i will be back with more info after this okay so basically i was talking about the x-men uh, Phoenix three-issue run from the books of Ascani just before I got a phone call but it was actually an actual person I needed to talk to for once but all right basically this is a three-issue miniseries that picks up right up picks right up where Excalibur issue number 75 left off which I have not read with Rachel Summers lost in the time stream. This is where she ends up. It's a prequel to the adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix and Ascanis Sun miniseries. But yeah, this one, the little Buddha dude character, he was fun and interesting. The little alien mechanic character, I liked him a lot. But other than that, this book really, this run didn't really thrill me that much. Didn't grab me. I wasn't big on the artwork. I mean, who do we got here? We got more Alix and Stucker uh, in the first two issues. And then Stucker, I guess, was replaced by Evans in the last one. But I wasn't. Wasn't really pulled in by the artwork. I kind of, there's a couple times characters kind of look the same. And I kind of got confused about who you were talking about. There's these entities that are kind of like controlling things going on. The little uh, Buddha character, he kind of works with him and talks to him. And they talk about her, Rachel Summers, with her. Uh, yeah, Summers, the Scott Summers and Jean Grey's daughter. Apparently they had a daughter and a son, I guess. It sounds like from what this uh, little run gives away. But yeah, they have to go trying to get to Apocalypse's little revival or rebirth or some type of thing that's going on for Apocalypse. <clears throat> and she's had like visions to that she's supposed to take them out. So she's on that track of mind and working with these people to get to this whole event so that she can take him out and she ends up going to the wrong area and things happen and other people attack him and, and it's an okay story 
but it's nothing that I'm into. That's it's if you're if you like those characters and stuff, this you'll enjoy this story because they're it's like the first one. I'm like, yeah, ain't really worthy of going into my collection. Second issue, I'm like, yeah, this is alright. I think I'll hold on to this one for a while. And then by the end of the third one, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to keep this in my collection. I'm going to put this one up for sale. But it was worth reading just to get some of that history and stuff. I didn't know that. And it seems like everything I'm reading lately is characters I care about, their children. <laughs> it's like, you get those whole new storylines and all that, and it basically ends up being just like them, because usually the children get some of those powers, and their parents' powers or whatever. Yeah, it's... It was good to read, just so I knew about that story that that period of time and what was going on with who these different characters are and stuff but if you gave me a story with the little alien mechanic character or the old man that the spiritualist or put those two together <laughs> then, yeah, that would be more than likely a story worthy of going into my keep collection. But, yeah, just this one was worth reading, but not not my cup of tea. So check it out if you like the X-Men characters and you want to know about their kids. and Get all kinds of interesting facts and storylines. But, but, yeah, other than that, we're done with comics and now let's look into well if you know anything about my background i was supposed to pass away with the aortic dissection some years back and i learned more about it with my last cardiological visit and my cardio cardiologist Explained to me about it being in an area where, as a child, I was born with a ductus diverticulum, basically an aortic ductus diverticulum is a developmental outpouching of the theoratic thoracic aorta which may be mistaken for an acute aortic injury this is going to be a tough one to talk about today because it's got a lot of these words repeated that <laughs> are hard to say especially today for some reason my i'm getting all tongue-tied with anything that's got an ectic actic arctic <laughs> different types of things but but yeah, it can be mistaken for uh, acute aortic injury, which I'm finding out now that at certain points of my life, certain things may have been mistaken for 
other things other than a ductus diverticulum. So, I have to go back into some of my things and reinvestigate certain parts of my life and see because I was I've dealt with uh, heart murmur things and all that uh, different flaps as doctors noticed and brought up at certain times and like I said in the past we got a huge book for our family's history that was done up by specialists and they worked with a variety of people and made our family history because a lot of things with my uncles, aunts, and other relatives have had lots of issues throughout the years of certain things. So they like to keep track of it all so the children and grandchildren can find out about it. Cause when you have a mother that comes from a, like 13 siblings or whatever it was, and every one of those siblings started spitting on tons of kids. <laughs> so you got this massive family that you got to keep an eye on for future things so people don't have to suffer trying to figure out stuff that they could have found out if they had the history written down and helped the doctors understand what they might be going through. But basically with this, it is usually seen at the Enter a medial aspect of the aorta at site of the aortic isthmus where the ligamentum arteriosum attaches. It is also the site of the majority of post-traumatic aortic injuries as the ligament arteriosum is one of the points to which the theoretic aorta is tethered, therefore differentiate differentiation of ductus diverticulum from traumatic pseudoaneurysm is vitally important. That's why I'm talking about this. This is where my heart ripped open and I was leaking blood out in my chest cavity and I was just supposed to die in the ICU of the Mayo Clinic. And, uh, Luckily, somehow, after a week of being in ICU, I got put in a regular room because it seemed that it was starting to scar, scar tissue was starting to form and it was starting to close off. But they could not, in any attempt, rip my chest open and try and fix it, which made no sense to me because I was willing life or death, go ahead and do it. But they're like, if you repair it on that curve of the aorta, it's just going to make it more susceptible to rip open again, very probably during uh close up of this procedure or whatever. It's just, there's no real strength, good area that you can build a nice strength, strong covering that can sit over it and patch it because you're on a part that's going to constantly flex and move. And it's just very hard to even do anything that technology can do, at least at this day and age. That's why we need to have those little 
uh, what do you call them, the little micro repair guys. <laughs> they, some superheroes have the, ah, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Uh, it's a bad day today. I mean, this is a double recording day. I did the Monday recording and then today is because today, right now, while you're listening to this, I'm getting my new dentures, lower dentures put together. I think I mentioned it, but uh, my dentures were crap. They tilt, rocked, couldn't get them to work for shit. They're carving into my gums. So they've been sitting in a jar since I got them last. And I talked to the company because they were going to have me come in and do some realignment again. And I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to keep realigning, get pissed because it's never going to fit right. And then two years down the road or whatever, I'll get so frustrated. I'll finally just break down and get a new set made. And then they'll fit right like I did with my uppers. But no one listened to me, so they put the dentures in right away, which I didn't want. I wanted to heal the gums first, but they didn't. So we're dealing with this now, and it looks like tomorrow I go in. uh, While you're hearing this, I'll be getting the new lights uh, dentures, which are the higher quality more expensive ones and they're supposed to be thinner and stuff. So your tongue's not curled up as much. And it just, it's, they're supposed to be the best thing other than getting permanent. So I'm like, fine, go ahead, do it. And they're like, yo, you gotta, even though all my bullshit that happened with the problems and all this shit, they're like, well, you do know you got to pay when you come in to get it done. It's like, or you gotta do the, payment plan or whatever i'm like yeah i get it don't worry i'll do some stuff some finagling and i'll figure it out and i'll just get it done so i don't have to do it a couple years down the line it's still gonna cost it'll probably cost me more than anyways but then hopefully i'll just get permanence and (laughs) when i get really sick of dealing with this shit but but there is an upside not to having teeth if you ever were toothless and you ate food, the soft foods like ice cream and chocolate and caramels, way, way, way better without teeth. (laughs) And lots of other things you can eat without teeth. That's way better too. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, let's get back to this (laughs) thing we were talking, the reticulum issue that we were talking about. Uh, in contrast to an aortic pseudoaneurysm, which usually forms sharp margins with the aorta, ductus diverticulum usually appears as a smooth focal bulge with gentle obtruse angles with the aortic wall. It's divided into a couple classifications, which is the cl- classic one, which is the smooth, gentle shoulders around the curve uh 33% of newborns can be born with it and 9% of adults can get it so of course if it's bad i get it <laughs> my body's just loves grabbing the shit and just dragging in the bad things 
uh, aortic pseudoaneurysm, aortic arch pseudoaneurysm. There are different types of diagnoses for it if they catch it early on. Minimal aortic injury can be classified. Aortic spindle, uh, circum, circumferential dilation, just distal to the isthmus is something else you might see in your charts if you ever read over your diagnoses from your doctors like I do. I read everything over after I get home and whenever anything new comes in. Yeah, those are different classifications for it and stuff like that. Uh, imaging through a CT scan, well, through an MRI more than likely is when they'll do it. And CT scans, I, I had it going for multiple CT scans while I was in the Mayo Clinic, so... I would assume that's their main visual focus that they use for it uh, from what it looks like here too, from what I'm reading under imaging findings, it's contrast enhanced aortic CT. That's where I had my blowout too, was at the damn Mayo Clinic where one of my CT scans when they were pumping the contrast into my left arm, it popped out the vein, I'm guessing, and it just started filling my whole arm up and I looked like I had a second massive bicep growing out of my arm off the underside of it. But, uh, they also look into the lung area for focal dilation of the aortic isthmus, which can be, Detected on non-contrast enhanced CTs for the evaluation of the lung. Uh, the ductus diverticulum, also called ductus bump, is believed to be a small remnant of the ductus arteriosum, a structure that links the aorta at its isthmus to the left pulmonary artery. It should have its normal involution invol, <laughs> after birth. Uh, a diverticulum may rarely form at this location without clinical relevancy. It can be recognizable in 9% of adults in aortic Aortograms and is clinically asymptomatic. Uh, radiographic findings include a soft tissue opacity at the aorta pulmonary window in a posterior anterior chest radiograph radiography or a bump-like vascular shadow at the aortic arch in a lateral view. Ductus diverticulum can be demonstrated on CT with intravenous contrast, particularly with coronal and sagittal oblique maximum intensity projections, MIP, MIP, or MIP. 
It is seen as a smooth outpatching at the level of the aortic isthmus, at the level of distal to the left subclavian artery, and directed towards the left pulmonary artery, which shows obtuse angles with the aortic wall and is most commonly visualized in the anteromedial aortic wall. Aneurysms can rarely complicate a ductus diverticulum, and surgical intervention is needed if they exceed 3 centimeters. With this exception, no treatment is recommended for this pathology. The importance of its recognition lies in the distinction with traumatic aortic pseudoaneurysms, which constitutes a medical emergency, which you like you just said, there's no treatment is recommended for this pathology. It's like, like I was, I was stuck, basically supposed to die, and for some freaking miracle, I didn't, and I'm still here. But it's like the area itself can change in shape and size, and I can always be at risk for just the slightest thing, possibly opening or tearing or puncturing or (laughs) whatever. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Interesting little thing that's very rare and can be diagnosed more easily in at birth, but then you're also may, and the majority will uh, basically reform that area will detach and attach to different areas that are forming it like that and they'll go to normalcy and then the very rare special people like me get to deal with it later in life <laughs> but yeah so yeah, these all talk about basically the same thing. Don't have a ton of research on it because of the rarities and different. They don't really, really can't operate on it, so if you can't operate on it. You can't study it that much either until after death. It's like. Hopefully this will be another thing that they can do to my body after I die because I'm being given to medical research. I want them to do as much as they can with things, especially when I get into my brain research and stuff. I want to know more about certain areas. Well, I won't be able to get to know anything more about it, but I want doctors to use my brain to find out about different areas of the brain that could have been affected at different times with different things and see how it overall could have affected the progression of MS and all that. So, but yeah, so it's, it's not multiple sclerosis related. It's just health related. Ductus diverticulum didn't get too bad with the speech as far as I thought I would with reading through some of that stuff, but very interesting time in my life. Still learning stuff about it to this day. I 
don't know overall what happened with my body with it. I don't know if it was just because I was moving a couple boxes at the time. I go back and forth thinking that, well, maybe I was misdiagnosed as MS hug. Then the more research I do, I found out more that maybe I was at high risk of death and some miracle happened and I made it through it. But I don't know. It sucks that we can't really find out all the answers about our our anatomy and stuff until after we're dead because it's useless to us. But hopefully good for someone else and help them in the long run, but yeah, hopefully that was enjoyable for today, something to learn, something to talk about, and this, let's see what we got for a interesting old news or information fact from the past, a Malaysian plantation worker was annoyed that his wife had stolen his possessions and ignored his advice. So he split her head open with a machete and ate her brain. Okay. (laughs) What the hell? Alright. That wasn't too nice. Now we got one more here. Strange shoe fetish file. A guy attacked nine women over three months. He'd incapacitated them stole their shoes, and then ate them. The shoes, that is, not the people. (laughs) At least he didn't eat people. (laughs) He was more obsessed with the shoes. But, yeah, that's some weird news for you, some weird old news. (laughs) I I don't know where I find these things. I just write them down when I see them and find them so I can talk about them in the future. So... (laughs) (laughs) I could pre-read them to see what I'm talking about at certain times, but it's always a nice little surprise to me, too, when I read them. (laughs) That way you can get my reaction. That's it for today. Check out Crimson Cowl Comic Club. Check out Under the Cowl. Keep up with Under the Cowl of that mess. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Put the monster in a box. Toss them in a lake. Make sure there's a Heavy rock attached to them and lots of change. Chains can't get away. Don't want them to get anybody else. But be good. And we'll get back to you again sometime soon.